This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on Wednesday, June 30th of 2021. I am Paul Gallant. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. And I'm mad. I can't believe that Hector Santiago got suspended for 10 games yesterday. Not because I can't believe that Hector Santiago got suspended for 10 games. I just can't believe that it happened. And everyone across this country of ours, this baseball following country of ours, decided, yep, we're just going to move on. We're not going to focus on this any more than we should. Hector Santiago, guilty. Sacrificial lamb. Take out the knife. Bloop. Goodbye. Poor Hector Santiago is being suspended for 10 games, and there is no due diligence being done by baseball to actually determine what the heck was in his glove. I want to pause for a moment. For anyone who does not know this about baseball, there is a rosin bag that is next to the mound. Umpires took issue with a sticky substance that was found on a third inspection of Hector Santiago, and they determined that since it was sticky inside the glove, he needed to be taken out, even though he was already being taken out of the game, and I guess be suspended. They eject him from the game. I don't understand how if the explanation that Hector Santiago gave was that, yeah, I had rosin, it was on my throwing arm, it was on my throwing hand, and it was on my glove arm too. I don't understand how he got in trouble for this because there's no advantage to be gained when there is a bag of rosin next to you because by putting it on your glove. <laughs> just common sense here. Why would you put rosin on your glove when you could just pick up the bag of rosin that's by the mound whenever you want? Why? So that's my first issue here. But Santiago suspended 10 games for having a foreign substance on his glove. We have no idea if it's one substance or multiple. And that was what I was most curious about. I mean, what the heck's the point of gathering this baseball glove and putting it in a bag and then apparently shipping the bag to New York if you're not even going to look at it? But that's what we found out. We found out that baseball, they never even tested Hector Santiago's glove. Here's Buster Olney of ESPN. They didn't actually test the glove. What they did is rely on the report from the umpires who told Major League Baseball there was a sticky substance inside. And even if it was rosin, as Santiago said, as his manager Scott Service said, in the memo that Major League Baseball sent out on June 15th, they made it clear you can't put rosin inside your glove. So that's why Major League Baseball decided to back what the umpires found when they uh, pulled Santiago from the game uh, the other day. Let's pause again. Why would you put rosin in your glove? Why? Why? And this is not me calling Hector Santiago out as dumb. This is me asking what pitcher would decide to put rosin in their glove when there is literally a bag that's next to the mound? Why? The answer is there is no reason. There is no rational reason. But everyone across baseball outside of our fair city seems to be just accepting this. Yep, that's fine. Yeah, I guess if someone's got to do it, well, it's okay that Hector Santiago's the sacrificial lamb because baseball now, it's going to be a clean game going forward. There will never, ever be another cheating incident in a sport that's only had a couple over the past two years. I'm being sarcastic there. 
that the league did not need to inspect his glove any further. Again, why did you collect it? And I want to inspect it further. I'm curious. Whether he's innocent or guilty, I actually want to know if there was more being used here. Maybe there was. Maybe Santiago was lying. Maybe Scott Service was lying. I mean, they're going to cape. I mean, excuse me. They're going to they're going to step up for each other. They're going to defend each other. They're going to defend themselves. You can understand why that would happen. Here's Scott Service, who was asked yesterday on the Scott Service show with Jake and Stacy and Shannon Dreyer about his reaction to the Santiago suspension. Shocked, I guess, as much as is probably the best uh, thing I can or word I can use to describe it. Uh, didn't expect it to happen at all. Uh, he wasn't using any foreign substance. He was using rosin and. You know, uh, that is legal uh, by the terms of, of baseball. But, again, it's an area that everybody's very sensitive about, and rightly so, trying to create a level playing field. And I understand, you know, the rule that was put in place and, you know, the job that the umpires have. But uh, it's a head-scratcher, that's for sure. This rule was not put in place to stop rosin from being used. That's why the bag is still out there on the field. This was put into place because people are essentially combining – I'm just going to be sarcastic and make up an example of a potion that some of these pitchers are using. They're making mixtures of shampoo along with, uh, I don't know, acetone. And maybe you're throwing in a little bit of bleach into the mix. Like, they're putting together these potions, and then you throw some model glue on top of the whole thing. And you can see how sometimes pitchers' arms are nearly coming off when they throw the baseball. And how the spin rates have gone up, etc., etc. This was being done to stop the guys from using spider tack and some of the other substances that we have heard about. Not rosin. And yet rosin seemingly is the reason that we are having our first suspension for banned substances on a baseball. So here's my question of the day. Hector Santiago is going to appeal this. And really all he can appeal is the length of the suspension because clearly baseball doesn't care about due process. So... What can the Mariners do here to fight for some semblance of due process? Is there anything that can be done? I have one suggestion, and it involves the man upstairs, John Stanton. You got you to gotta object to this. Baseball owners are generally quiet compared to NFL owners, and I understand that, you know, you got to do what's good for the good of the league, but this is, this is further alienating your players. This is another reason that you could see a work stoppage next year because – all of a sudden, now the Players Association is seeing yet another thing that baseball clearly does not seem to be putting a whole lot of thought into. They're figuring this thing out on the fly, and some people are, I imagine, going to be caught for using more than just rosin, but rosin wasn't the issue here. It never was. Sticky stuff on a glove, that's, that's what's going to get the first 10-game suspension? Really? And my big issue is the lack of transparency shown by Rob Manfred, who I believe to be an incompetent commissioner, at times an entertainingly competent commissioner, which I think adds to the enjoyment of the game over a long 162-game season. Not intentionally, it's ironically. It's sort of like most Nicolas Cage movie experiences. You know, Nicolas Cage is melodramatic and is largely so over the top that the movies that he's in cease to be good, but at the same time, you can't look away. It's like a 60 to 90-minute car crash. Well, with Rob Manfred, you kind of get the same thing. I went back in time, and I, and I thought to myself, you know what? I want to know what he said in the wake of the Houston Astros cheating scandal. That was the last cheating scandal that he took um, the reins during. And he did a bunch of press conferences and availabilities, 
And he explained that in all of his time as commissioner of baseball, which to that point had been five years leading up to the Astros and the, the punishments that were given, not to any of the players, but to A.J. Hinch, to Jeff Luno, to Carlos Beltran, and to Alex Cora, his experience taught you that you need to be transparent. If I've learned anything over the last five years, I've, understand, uh, I've come to understand that when you discipline, um, people are going to have views that may not be consistent with, with what you've done. I, I accept that. I accept that as part of the responsibility of the job. I accept the criticism as part of the responsibility of the job. Um, what I did here is I tried to get the facts. Uh, I laid them out in as transparent a way a, 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 as I could lay them out so people could, in fact, make their own judgments. Where are the facts here? Where is the transparency? How am I able to make my own judgment outside of it's crazy that baseball collected the glove, sent it to New York, but decided that they don't need to take a look at it? To me, that's all I have. You could read the original tweet that announced the suspension. Jeff Passan said that Hector Santiago was suspended 10 games because a foreign substance was found on his glove. That's all we have to go off of, a foreign substance. And maybe it was multiple substances. We have no idea because there's no transparency being used here because Rob Manfred thinks you're stupid. And Rob Manfred thinks I'm stupid. And Rob Manfred thinks the entire Players Association is stupid. He thinks they're all just going to accept this. And they shouldn't. Something should be done. I don't know how many people watch the movie Star Wars, episode one. Well, there's a scene in it where Padme Amidala, Queen of Naboo, she moves for a vote of no confidence to get rid of the Chancellor. We got to do that with Rob Manfred right now. Because clearly this guy is not the one to navigate anyone through cheating scandals. He proved it with the Astros, and now you got this thing going on. This is just the tip of the iceberg, and Hector Santiago is getting railroaded here. Why is he the sacrificial lamb with zero due process? To me, I, that's unacceptable. And I don't even care if he's innocent or guilty at this point. I just feel like you got to show your work here. Otherwise, it feels like you're just throwing stuff at the wall. To me, unacceptable. Give us something. We are owed that. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Please let me know what the Mariners could do here. Anyone can do. Because it feels like we are living in a dictatorship. But an incompetent dictatorship, too. You know, it would be one thing if the guy actually knew what he was doing at the top. Where you're like, oh, well, you know, it it stinks that we have no rights or anything like that. But, you know, I I, I actually kind of get where he's coming from. No, this time, I mean, this this is akin to, like, Joffrey in Game of Thrones. Not good. Not good at all. It's time for What's Trending with Maura Dooley, brought to you by King's Heating and Air. Good morning, afternoon, Maura Dooley. How are you now? I'm doing uh, well. You managed to to work in a Game of Thrones and Star Wars reference all yep. in that one take. I'm a giant nerd, and that's, that's how we bring yourself down from the enraged high that I was just at. <laughs> and now we are calm, collected. We're thinking about sci-fi. We're good to go. All right, well, let's see if we if you get angry about, about this or if you can stay calm. CBS Sports released a NFL coach rankings list yesterday. Um, they have Andy Reid at number one, then Bill Belichick, then at three, John Harbaugh. The next three are all Sean's, Peyton, McDermott, McVeigh, and then Pete Carroll comes in at number seven. I'm surprised that there's no variance, by the way, in any of the spellings of the name Sean amongst head coaches in the NFL. Like, where's the S-H-A-W-Ns of the world? Well, S-E-A-N is superior because that's my that's my brother's name. That's your brother's name? Yeah. That's the more Irish way, no yes. doubt about it. 
my dad demanded that we all have Irish names. Okay, well, there you go, Mora. <laughs> I do not. I do not have an Irish name. I was unfortunately named after uh, a member of the Beatles. I'm not a fan of the Beatles, um, so uh, we will just leave that there. Nice little hot take to throw in there. Pete Carroll at seven. He should not be behind John Harbaugh. He should not be behind Sean Payton. I don't have a problem with him being behind Sean McVay because Sean McVay is six and three against him and just beat him in the playoff game with John Walford as the starting quarterback and then Jared Thumbless Goff as the second quarterback. And I don't have a problem with Sean McDermott being ahead of him because the Bills, they got to an AFC championship game this past year. And while Pete Carroll, of course, made the two Super Bowls, I think that the rankings should be based off of what have you done for me lately. In fact, you could perhaps, well, Bill Belichick the last two seasons, does that totally erase the Super Bowl that he got to three years ago? Mm, I don't know. I can understand, though, but why he's behind Andy Reid. What have you done Reed. for me lately? Should Bruce Arians be at eight, then? Bruce Arians should probably be higher than, I would say, John Harbaugh. And I, I also would say that about Sean Payton, too. I mean, if it is, what have you done for me lately? Bruce Arians was able, with Tom Brady, of course, and his help, to get the Bucks to a Super Bowl. There is a legitimate argument to be made for all of those coaches, though, that are ahead of Pete. As much as I hate to make them. Because I like Pete Carroll a lot. But, I mean, John Harbaugh, last time the Ravens played the Seahawks, they won. And last time Sean Payton and the Saints played the Seahawks, they won with Teddy Bridgewater under center. So, interesting rankings. I don't take issue with it. I feel like I should, instead of taking issue with anything Hector Santiago-related. What's up next? The injuries continue in the NBA as Giannis Antetokounmpo suffered a pretty gruesome injury in Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh there. I was I was laughing because you said I got his name. No! Like, kind of. I tried to power through there. It's so hard. Um, I mean, because of it, uh, Antetokounmpo. I, 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 and I, I always, like, the first time I said it, I, I just was like, okay, I'm just going to repeat this over and over again. Antetokounmpo, 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 Antetokounmpo. But it took me some time. Anyway, sorry, continue. No problem. Uh, the Greek freak. So um, here is a little play-by-play of what happened last night. Lou Williams, the drive, lob for Capella, makes the catch in traffic and drops it through. And then runs into Giannis. Uh. Both go tumbling down. And Giannis is grabbing toward his left knee area. Oh, my. And he is not moving. And looks like in severe pain. It looked bad. I mean, his knee basically bent frontward. And hopefully it's a hyperextension. I hated seeing the replay. Of course, I couldn't help myself but look for the replay because I was like, oh, no, what happened? Oh, I didn't want to see that. It is crazy the amount of injuries that we have seen in these playoffs. And while I don't want to agree with anything LeBron James ever says, I, there may be a point to be made about how there there are some of these players who maybe because of the shorter time between seasons got hurt. But I would say in the case of Giannis, in the case of Trey Young, freakish injuries that have taken place in the Eastern Conference Finals. And there is a part of me, too, that even though I hate all these guys getting hurt, I have enjoyed the randomness of these basketball playoffs because basketball playoffs... I think more than probably any of the other American professional sports have less chalk being disrupted than and I think any other playoff system that there is. Football, you see it. NHL, you really see it. I mean, the Canadians are in the finals, and they're not very good, or at least weren't in the regular season. And also in baseball, too. Baseball gets wacky, too. Basketball generally does not. So I've kind of enjoyed that part of it. But I feel bad for Giannis. I like Giannis a lot. A lot of thanks to go around for What's Trending, brought to you by 
Mora, Dooley, and Kings Heating and Air. That's usually how you end the show. I know. Are you trying to, were you trying to go home early? Yeah, I don't know what was going on right there. You know, I felt like I, I just I just blew through all the gasoline with my hot take on Hector Santiago to open things up. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that, that was interesting. Sometimes just words slip, in, slip, slip into your mind and they're, you're, you're wondering, wait, I am so into the zone right now that I am just drifting into habits that I have for different parts of the show. So that's where we're at right now. <laughs> Thank you for uh, listening to my explanation of why I almost ended the show right there at uh, 10, 16, 45 here on the Paul Gallant Show. It's the most interactive <laughs> sports talk show in Seattle. This hour of the Paul Gallant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. And by the way, you can listen to this on your smart speaker. You can listen to it on the ESPN 710 Seattle app. Um, 710 ESPN Seattle app. My goodness, I'm all over the place. You can also watch it, 710sports.com slash video. Paul, stop talking. Let the other people talk. Fine. It's your chance to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. So the question today on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. It's all about what the Mariners can do and what baseball can do here. Because Hector Santiago is being made to be a fall guy, a patsy. I don't think that's cool at least without more explanation. And what's so hard about giving more explanation? I mean, when Rob Manfred talked about the suspension that he gave out to all those Houston Astros, he said there were some details that we did not want to release. Well, what details are going are, are, are out with Hector Santiago that aren't currently available to us would be so damning if you released it? And the answer is it would probably be something that would make the league look bad. Make the league look like it doesn't have control. 206-421-3776 is how you call in. What, what can the Mariners realistically do here? 710-710 on the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line. That vote of no confidence in Star Wars put the Emperor in power. Maybe not the best analogy. I know, but, you know, it took, like, a Sith Lord helping him out. Uh, there, there was a little bit of a excess um, that helped out, like an actual coup and stuff. You know, and I, 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 I feel like you just need somebody else in power. And honestly... I'm not going to say, like, the emperor, you know, he had a lot of great ideas. That would be similar to comparing 1930s despots to saying, yeah, that guy, you know, he had a lot of great ideas. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, I mean, baseball needs someone who is more authoritative, but also is someone who I think along the way is actually going to have a due process for this. It feels like baseball is just doing this on the fly. And I just don't understand why they can't show their work here. The evidence, what's what's the harm in that? 710-710 on the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line. Not only is baseball slow and outdated and boring, but it's chock full of cheaters. So, Paul, go Sonics. I'm pretty sure the NBA will give us our team back by expansion, say, 2025. See? This is what's happening. Rob Manfred, you're alienating an entire city of baseball. You're alienating one player, Hector Santiago. You're alienating the Players Association. Why not just show a little bit more than, yeah, we trust the umpires, so he's suspended for 10 games. 206-421-3776 is how you call into the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Let's go to our good friend Corey in Puyallup. Corey, what's going on? How you guys doing? Doing well. Ish. Um, the whole thing, I mean, I kind of get it, but at the same time, I don't know. I feel like there's more to it. I mean, I'm, I just feel like the MLB is just like, hey, we're not going to sell. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the whole thing's weird, but another thing that I was thinking about is what if a player had um, – substance in their glove prior i mean and they couldn't get it all out that could happen i mean i feel like that might have been the case I and mean, maybe it was trying to get it out i mean someone's not just going to use a whole nother new glove just for one 
outing. Day. You'd be surprised though, Corey. It seems like a lot of guys actually have been buying new gloves. So let's yeah. let, let's let's put that to the side for a second. All those questions that you just asked, any question that you might have about this entire situation, it is a fair one to have. Any any question because baseball has given us so little as a reasoning for this, and I think it's just chicken bleep. I mean, these guys, they are trying to stop cheating in a sport. But it does not feel like what Hector Santiago did was particularly egregious, at least based off of his explanation. We're just supposed to not believe Hector Santiago and Scott's service? We didn't even get an explanation from the umpires, really. I mean, they, they said, yeah, well, we found something sticky on the back of the glove. Well, what do you think it was? Do you think it was rosin? Because there's a rosin bag that's out there. And yeah, it might be illegal to put rosin on the glove hand, but how is the glove hand having some rosin on it? How is that affecting the guy's ability to grip a baseball in any way, shape, or form? It's on the glove side hand, or it's on the back of the guy's hand in the glove. You know, it's, it's it's bizarre that they came to this conclusion. And I just feel like maybe there would be less questions about it if they were transparent in any way, shape, or form. And the only reason I can assume that they're not being transparent is because of some sort of incompetence that they don't want anyone to see, Corey. No, yeah, I mean, the MLB definitely covers up a lot of stuff. I mean, we've realized that over the last years with the whole Astros thing. I mean, the Red Sox cheating. I'm sure the Yankees cheated as well. Um yeah, I know the MLB covers up a lot, but I mean, I, I get it. But at the same time, yeah, it's a touchy sub subject, and um, I don't personally think they're singling out Hector Santiago either. I mean, the guy really hasn't done much in his whole career. Yeah, too. You know what? If you want a sacrificial lamb and appreciate the phone call, Corey, you want it to be a bigger lamb. You know, you don't want it to be some little tiny like weasel ram. And no offense to Hector Santiago, that's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying that this is a guy who's a marginal relief pitcher where baseball probably wants to, I would imagine, I would think, catch somebody like Trevor Bauer doing it. They would really want to catch Trevor Bauer. Or maybe it's Max Scherzer. They want to get a big fish. Getting the little fish, what does this do? What does this really do for them? Text in 710-710. Ryan Roland Smith for Commissioner of Baseball. Well, guess what? Ryan Roland Smith is going to join us in just a moment right here. An interesting theory, by the way, too, as far as an alternative for Rob Manfred as commissioner. Ryan Roland Smith has pitched before. What's his take on this? I'm really excited to hear from him for the first time on the Paul Galan Show. Don't go anywhere. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going to fail. With Paul Galant. We are joined right now by someone who I hope can bring balance to this baseball world that we live in. The one and only Ryan Roland Smith. Ryan, what's going on, buddy? Well, I'm doing well, but hey, I don't think I can, man. I don't think I'm your guy. I don't think anyone can right now. I'm so lost. I mean, we've gotten no transparency <laughs> from Rob Manfred here. We find out yesterday Hector Santiago is suspended for 10 games. The appeal process is likely only going to be able to shrink the suspension. It's not going to be able to perhaps vindicate him in any way shape or form i'm confused by a lot of different things here i i guess i'm of the belief that it was actually rosin and you are a former pitcher tell me how rosin could perhaps be on not just his throwing arm but on his glove arm and get into the glove too well Kind of easily when you think about it right so like and i'm just using a couple different scenarios here because because again it's kind of crazy like to, to think that Rosin, first of all, it's first of all, it's like a dust, right? I'm not, I'm not some rosin expert, but you know, it gets up <laughs> in the atmosphere and it's going to get on, on different things besides your hands. So, 
Yeah, a lot of the guys, they, they take the glove off, they put it under their arm, they rub the ball up, or, or they just throw rosin all over their, their, their you know, in Hector Santiago's case, his right wrist. So there's a million ways it can get in your glove. The other part of it is too, and this sounds crazy, so like a lot of guys use rosin up their forearms, on the back of their neck, because it stops sweat. Anytime you have sweat going into your jersey, into your glove, again, that sounds crazy. But it's just a way to, like wearing a sweatband on you, yeah. you know, when you're playing tennis or something, it's to stop sweat. So I think uh, on Major League Baseball side, I think in this situation, they have to stay consistent with what they're trying to do, get this and say, look, if we find Rosin in this glove, it's not allowed to be on the glove. We're going to have to suspend you. And of course, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, you know, the appeal happens from Hector Santiago. I just think that this the entire system right now and there has to be a way, and I have a little way to do this, besides the on-field checks and everything else, there has to be that clear distinction of I'm trying to get grip in a manner that is not going to make that ball spin and give me an advantage, as opposed to I am using something that is giving me a clear advantage, making that ball spin a lot faster than what it should, what it actually should do. How do we do that? Uh, this is my little theory, and again, I, I know... It's it's we're in the generation where you know it, this becomes public and they have to make a quick they have to have a quick response to this and again players have been warned teams have been warned uh, for the last you know twelve to six months that something was going to go down with with everything else because they were, you know behind the scenes on this uh, a lot longer than what we've learned in the last couple of months but I, I think the easiest way to do this everyone has access you and me even you can get on Statcast and check out spin rates. Major League Baseball, if they're going to put this much resource into sending a glove in a in a basically a garbage bag like they did, and, <laughs> it's hermetically you know, sealed the whole, though. The whole, yeah, right. If you are going to have Trump. someone transport that, yeah, it, it was it was not the cameras on it. It was just it looked like CS like some forensics unit is under the stadium, and yeah, it was just nuts. So I think I think this, the the solution is here. Is and we're trying to stop the ball from spinning at a higher higher speed. Back in the day, look, I'll back this this premise up here with a couple of things. Back in the day, ten years ago, even it was about scuffing the baseball. Now you can't do that either. That used to make that thing move unnaturally because obviously the ball's not perfectly round, so the ball's going to move more often when you have a scuff on the ball. Now it's all about making that thing spin at a higher rate against gravity. So if you are going to put this much energy and effort into educating umpires putting them under a microscope and making them check on the field publicly in the whole, whole bit, why couldn't you use the same amount of effort to get a, an analytics group, three people, it may take? you got all the TrackMan data. We all see that. The, the accuracy now is way better than what it was even five years ago. Why can't you have everyone? Everyone has a baseline. Say I'm pitching, I'm a lefty, and I, my fastball spin rate is 2,200 RPM. Well, if, there's a, if it's a 2,500 RPM or a 2,400 RPM, something's going down and you track that picture, right? And that way, then you start investigating that way. Because like I said, it's not so much about scuffing a baseball. It's more about using substance to make that spin, you know, at a higher spin rate. So guys just cannot catch up to a fastball up in the strike zone. So why not use something to track spin, have a group of guys investigate and go from there? Because when you look at it across the board, 85% of pitchers, and, and look, don't get me wrong. These guys are training in the offseason. I get it. Make the spin, move faster, everything else. I get that. But 85% of baseball, the spin rate's been the same last three to four years. Yeah. 
I, and, you know, to to your approach, Ryan Roland-Smith with me on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline, I, I'm with you in that you want to make this more like a stakeout. You would like to have specific targets going into a game of guys who potentially might be up to something, and maybe you check them exactly. a little bit more. But if the process is going to be one where I would imagine all 15 umpire crews on a on a given day are going to have a different methodology as far as how they get it, a methodology that seems to be just being put into action now, even though you mentioned an offseason. Baseball had a whole offseason. If they're going to send that memo out, well, at least have a, a, a backup plan, a fallback plan in action. So if you're going to start enforcing the rule in June, that you can actually enforce this properly as opposed to haphazardly. And instead, what we have here, Ryan, is I, this is what I find to be craziest of all. And I don't know if there's like a limit to the amount of times that you can pick up the rosin bag or something like that. But it just seems like it would be really dumb to apply rosin to your glove when you could just apply it to your hand, you know? Like, right. Like why I, would you, why I get that. Would, why would you put it behind the glove? And, and, and then the other thing, you know, you mentioned it. They're not trying to stop rosin use. They're trying to stop th- these potions that some of these dudes are putting together like spider yeah. tack. And this doesn't stop that. This just happens to, for one moment, make it seem like baseball is on top of things. Right, and, and and as far as the rosin bag goes, look, that rosin bag has sat on the back of that mound for years and years and years. It's part of the game. Guys pick it up freely at will. You know, I, I think it was so five, there's no limit. maybe seven years. Okay. There's no limit. No, it's just basically pick it up and, and, and rip in. And you see guys putting it all over, all over their hands. I mean, I mean, you can kick that thing and hit your spike. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. It's on the field, on display, and guys, like I said, have limitless amount of times to pick up the rosin. And the purpose of it is to give them grip in different weather and, and because the ball, as we all know, is very slick. The, the problem Major League Baseball is having and the thing they want to really cut down on is guys having a competitive advantage to spin the ball higher. So, it, it, so my point is this, is you know what? Um, you know, Tommy Smith is a stud with the who, whoever, comes into spring training. He's spinning that thing at 2,400 RPM. Last year is 2,000 RPM. This, all right. Let's take a look. Notify the umpire. Hey, go check him out. Go check his hand out. It just eliminates. Look, baseball in general is kind of under a microscope right now. They're making drastic changes. You know, the, the gloves are off with them and the players' union. So they're really under a microscope. Not only them, umpires as well. You think about, imagine being an umpire right now. First of all, you've got the robo-umps. Look at, you know, you've got to deal with the robo-ump threat, number one. Number two, the technology to tell balls and strikes for the consumer for the fans is through the roof man it's so pinpoint so everyone can just rip to shreds these umpires on social media the whole thing and not only that pitches in everyone throws 95 plus with a nasty slider it's harder to track that ball if you stand behind the catcher now they're going to get on and publicly check under someone's belt and hand and glove <laughs> and and get ridiculed for that it's, it's i just think major League baseball does not need there's a lot of good going on in the game right now it doesn't need this kind of public display distracting it of everything that's good come up with a better system and eliminate these guys who are spinning the ball unnaturally. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there, Ryan. And, and also, I, I, if you're going to go down this road, I, I think transparency is a good thing. And, and, and they showed, at least they claimed they showed, and I played some audio from Rob Manfred during his press conference talking about the punishments that he handed the Houston Astros 
last year where he talked about how mm. we want to make sure that the facts are available for everybody so that they can come to their own opinion. But in this specific example, they're not making the facts available to everybody. In fact, it feels like they are almost ignoring the facts. And, and that is something that I find to be inexcusable. You know, And, and, and you're right. It, it, the umpires are put in a really difficult spot here because they're probably going to be looking for things. And how are they supposed to determine whether or not a sticky, a sticky substance is a specific <laughs> sticky substance? Because I imagine it, it just feels sticky. But whether that's rosin or like super glue, <laughs> how do they know? Right. I know all of a sudden now these guys have to be forensic scientists and, yeah. and they have to do it quickly too. It, right. It, you know, it, it, it's just uh, the whole thing just, oh man, it, I'm not saying it's, it's you know, cr- being the sporting laughing stock whatsoever by doing this or, or the inconsistency. I just think, and again, like I said, it's not like they just came up with this in a week and said, oh, hey, just check them every, every time out. They've been thinking about this for a long time. I just don't understand. There's technology they can use to utilize this much easier and the other part, when, when, again, let's go back to making that distinction. Rosin is there to grip the baseball for the pitcher because, you know, it's been there forever. Right. And it's used, it's legal, the whole thing. Now, all of a sudden, and I'm not saying that Hector Santiago, who knows, Hector Santiago could have had something else besides Rosin on the glove, True. possibly to make it, make it um, you know, make a little reservoir of whatever he had <laughs> in that glove. I've got no idea. But I do know this, man. Rosin gets on gloves, hands, shoulders, all over you. When you use that thing a lot, and there isn't that little rosin bag down in the bullpen, when you use that thing a lot, it gets all over you. And some guys put it in their glove because they hate the feeling. Just like when you're, if you go out jogging with no socks, those sweaty, stinky feet, Ugh. it's the same thing with your, with your baseball glove. It's hard to pitch when you have that discomfort. Therefore, sometimes guys put the rosin on their hand to dry out their hand, and then they have to deal with that sweat on, e- on either hand. Swamp Feet's the absolute worst. And, with the, and on that note, <laughs> Ryan Roland-Smith, thank you so much for stopping by, man, and we'll be sure to check out all of your work for Root Sports as you cover this Mariners season, which hopefully will end in perhaps a playoff appearance. Yeah. Sounds good. That is Ryan Roland-Smith, everybody, on the Essequa Pest Control Hotline. So that's what we're talking about today. What can baseball really do here? I mean, is, is it up to the Baseball Players Association to take a stand? Because clearly... Rob Manfred and the league, they're just expecting us to keep on whistling and act as if nothing happened here. And I'm sorry, that's just not happening. That's not happening for me. That's not happening in this city. Baseball has to stop being cowardly here. Let's show your work. How did you get to this conclusion? How do you stop Rob Manfred? How do you stop this, I think, really poorly executed plan to stop cheating in baseball? Or at least change it in a way where it actually makes sense. All solutions. I'm hearing them. I will listen to them. You bring them to the table on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. I suppose baseball could actually screw this up more royally. Talking about Hector Santiago being suspended for 10 games by baseball. For reasons that we're not really sure of. As we just heard from Ryan Roland Smith, you're allowed to pick up that rosin bag as many times as you want. I wasn't 100% sure on that. And very often, these guys use it to block sweat, which makes sense. You don't want... I mean, those uniforms are not particularly comfortable looking. I don't know anyone, anyone who's worn a replica baseball jersey, but I, I find it surprising that these are the uniforms that we are wearing out in the hot summer heat for these four-hour games even if it's a game that takes place at night. But whatever. Let's, let's move past the actual wardrobe. They should be testing for the actual 
substances that are causing the huge advances in spin rate. And specifically, that spider tack, amongst many other ones. And there might be a way they can do it. And it only costs $2. And it's been in the United States since 1973. What am I talking about? I'm talking about roadside drug tests. Those little bags that they have. They give these to police officers. And I'm going to tell a funny story about this. These things are notorious for never getting things right. There was actually a story when I was in Houston uh, about like four years ago or so where a guy had a bag of, uh, excuse me, he had a sock. For those who don't know, when it gets humid and your car fogs up, if you actually have cat litter in your car, the cat litter absorbs the moisture and it defogs your car. So this guy had a sock with cat litter in the front of his car and it got tested and they (laughs) thought it was meth. So they had to take the guy into jail because they thought on this roadside test that it was meth. So here's the thing. like You could give baseball umpires this. You could even help them out. You could try your best with this cheap alternative to testing whatever substances might be out there. A little chemical test of some sort. And even that's probably not going to get it right. So I'm glad that Ryan brought that up. Umpires are in a pretty difficult spot here. So while I want to blame umpires because I can't stand people like Angel Hernandez and Joe West, it's not the umpire's fault. It's baseball's fault. And in this specific situation, as they try to figure out what the best process is to determine whether or not someone is using an illicit sticky substance on their hand to get better grip and to have a better spin rate on their baseball, they don't know what they're looking for. All they are looking for is stickiness. Well, if stickiness is all that you are looking for, there are a variety of different things that can cause that. And the specific one that I think is the easiest one to point at would be the rosin bag that is literally sitting next to the mound. And if the guy says that, yeah, it's on both my arms, I'm trying to stop myself from sweating, and some of it maybe has accumulated in the, the inside of my glove, then, okay, it's not maybe a, a great look, and I guess per the memo, that's illegal. So if we want to go by letter of the law, like I know a lot of people here are, are you know, you guys like the speed limits and all that, maybe you want to go by the letter of the law here, but isn't there an explanation for this? Like a reasonable somewhat of an explanation that maybe it wasn't? Hector Santiago trying to get as much stickiness on his throwing hand as possible. Maybe it was as simple as it was hot. And it was a pretty gross-looking day in Chicago. It wasn't maybe what it was Sunday here or Monday here. But it didn't look like it was particularly comfortable out there. If you're sweating out on the mound, I would probably want to take some measures to stop that sweat from trickling down my bod as I wear that really uncomfortable-looking jersey. And for whatever reason, that just seems to be an option that baseball is not even looking at or considering, and they're going to suspend Santiago for 10 days, and this is, I just think, unfair to him. And it's unfair to, honestly, the, the, the rest of pitchers across baseball. And if we're looking for reasons that there won't be baseball this next season, this is one of the reasons. It's because Baseball's Players Association has zero reason to trust baseball. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, the owners, zero reason. There is, and there's no, no one standing up here and asking what's going on here. Baseball's reporters are like, well, he didn't follow the rule. Okay, ask any pitcher then about this. We just asked one. Ryan Roland Smith. I think he gave a pretty good explanation of how you could have sticky arms. And look, there's obviously a little bit of bias involved for me, maybe for Ryan Roland Smith, for anybody, especially talking about this from the Mariners' perspective. But this is not a Mariners thing. This is an actual entire baseball thing. Spin rates, you want to get them down fine. But test for the actual things that are making these baseballs go so much faster and move so much more with these ridiculous spin rates as opposed to doing what you're doing now, which is, I guess, flying by the seat of your pants. That baseball was not willing 
to go and be transparent, I think tells you all you need to know about just how little control baseball actually has over this situation. Because if they had something else, I bet they would love to show the entire world that, yep, we have spider tech. So honestly, my conspiracy theory hat, that tinfoil hat, it is getting longer and longer like it's Pinocchio's nose. As I keep on thinking, now I'm starting to believe, okay, they brought it to New York, they did test it for other substances, and they found that, yep, it was just rosin. We can't afford to look bad. We have to make it look like we know what we're doing. And here we are, now suspending poor Hector Santiago, the sacrificial lamb. I put a tweet out yesterday. It's like a tweet. It was a picture of a lamb. You know, like you'll see sacrificial lamb about to be brought out to the slaughter to some sort of God. And I don't know how many people have watched movies in the 1980s, 1990s. I know I have watched a lot. And there used to be this reused, overreused theme where there would be a record scratch and a freeze frame. And then you would zoom in on the main character of the movie as we're close to the climax in the actual timeline of said movie. And it pauses, and, and the guy says, yeah, it's me. I bet you're probably wondering how I got here. Well, let me tell you the story. And then the movie begins. And that's where Hector Santiago is. He's being made to be a sacrificial lamb, and honestly, I feel like it's really lame that baseball is not giving us any reasons as to why other than, yep, the umpire said so, so must be true. You got to do better than that. You owe it to the fans. You owe it to the players. You owe it to the league. And if you want no baseball to happen next year, okay, Rob Manfred, Operate this way. It's really incredible the amount of things that ha- that baseball has done over the last... And look, the Players Association, they're guilty in a lot of ways too. But man, this is how a work stoppage happens when there is no trust between the players and the owners. Someone step up. Please. Thank you for very much for tuning in to today's edition of the Paul Gallant Show. Got it right this time. Big thanks to Ryan Roland-Smith who gave us a little bit of clarity about Rosin and Using it to stop sweat. Could have used that the last couple of days. Big thanks to Maura Dooley behind the glass. Our texters, our tweeters, our callers. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long, farewell, Jake. And Stacey is next.